So what is God like? This is a very good question. And I believe so many people have asked this question and seeking for the answers of that. In fact, friend, if somebody stops you in the street and they ask you that question and they ask, what is God like? What would your answer be? Well, this is what we're going to study today in lesson number two. I want us first of all to look at Genesis and chapter 1 verse 26 when God speaks. He created everything in the world and now he comes to man. And this is what he says. He says there, let us, plural, let us make man according to our image, in our image. The Hebrew word that he used there for image is the word tselem, the Hebrew word tselem. And that means to be a shade of the actual object. So if you've got an object and there's a shade that falls behind the object, the shade resembles the object. Tselem. God said, let us make man in our shade to resemble us. And this includes things like personality, morality, and spirituality. And these things, my dear friend, separate us from the animals. We are not animals. We, we, we're not in the animal kingdom. We were created by God in His image, in His tselem. And this is what he says there at that point in time when he says, let us make man in our image. And then he says, according to our likeness, those two words there. There's been so many studies and, uh, and documentaries about these two words. So the word is tselem into his image shadow. And then the second one is the word demuth. Now the word demuth is the root word for demuth is the word demar. And demar means comparable. So that's in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And, it, and then the question is then, what is this likeness then? If we know that we are the shadow of God or the resemblance of God, what is the likeness then of God? And as a disciple of God, it is important for you and for me to know what this likeness is. And this is what we want to discover. But there's also other questions that comes out of this first question. And that is, how do you explain God? How do you explain Him? When somebody asks you this question. Or, in other words, or if you want to explain somebody, you have to know Him. And how do you know God to be able to explain Him as a disciple of God? And these things we need to find the answers for. So what is your concept or your perception about him? What is that perception and what is that concept? And my prayer and my hope in this study is, is to give you some answers to answer some of these questions. So we're going to go to the Bible and just open up a few verses to, to answer these questions that we've asked already. And we're going to look at four things at, uh, about God in these studies. And uh, I don't want to push these studies out, so I'm only going to address the first two of the first four in this study. 
I generally want to keep the studies within 20 minutes so you can go back and, and pause and look at them again. I don't want you to spend over an hour where it's just one long listening to it. You need to become interactive and study and, and listen again and read up about what I'm, what I'm t teaching in this study. We're going to look at the nature of God, first of all. Then we're going to look at the triunity of God. Where did this come from? We, we will address that today. And then next week when we come back, I'm going to look at the virtues of God and the attributes of God. So first of all, let's look at the nature of God. I want you to follow with me in your Bible and we go to Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 in the Old Testament. Now God speaks here to the people. And he says the following to the people, which is Israel. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, uh, our God, the Lord is one. Now think about that verse. The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. It sounds a little bit repetitive, but I want to explain to you the words that's used here to open up the verse for you. When he says the Lord, he uses the Hebrew word Jehovah. And that word Jehovah means the existing one. And that means that God do not have a start, date or time. He always existed. He was not created. So the word Lord, and, and so many times when you look in your Bible and the word Lord that is spelled with capital letters, L-O-R-D, all in capital, it's also a title of deity in the Old Testament. So you can open up your Bible right now and go through Genesis. And if you read in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, you will see it speaks about the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Elohim, the title of deity Elohim. And this is why that when you come into Genesis chapter 2, when Satan entered into the garden, what did he drop? He dropped the word Lord. He dropped the deity title. He came to Eve and he says, did God say? Did God say? So he attacked two things there in Genesis chapter 2. He attacks the deity of God. He takes the title away. And secondly, he questions the word of God. Same attack today. Same attack. But let me stick with the, with the verse here. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, Jehovah, the existing one, our God. Now, the word that he uses there for our God is the word Elohim. We find the same word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God, Elohim. And that word Elohim comes from the root word Eloha. Elohim, Eloha. And Eloha in Hebrew means God. Okay? So if you've got Eloha, Elohim is the plural of Eloha. So this is now really interesting and intriguing. Because he says, the Lord Jehovah, our God Elohim. It means gods. Now, we don't serve many gods. Because he says in that verse further on, if, if the verse would have stopped there, we could have said, we've got so many gods, like 
back, you know, when the Vikings had all of these different gods and when the Romans had all of these different gods and, and the Greeks had all of these different gods. This is not what this is. Because in that verse there, in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, he says, O Israel, the Lord Jehovah, our Elohim gods, is what? The Lord is one. So there's the first thing that we learn about the nature of God. He is one. We serve one God, but we're going to unpack his nature a little bit further now. Now let's flick over to Isaiah chapter 45. Again, it's in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 45, and we look at verse 5. And again, there's so many verses that we can go to, but for the sake of time, we're just going to go to these verses for now. In Isaiah 45 verse 5, he speaks through the prophet. He says, I am the Lord. And look in your Bible, he uses the capital there again. It's the title, Jehovah. I am the existing one. That's the nature of God. He's the existing one. He says, and there is no other. So we learn something immediately here. There is no other gods. It's only Jehovah, the title, the deity. And now he's going to continue on and he's going to bring in for us Elohim. See how he does it. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God, Elohim, besides me. Plural. And he brings it in. There's no other besides me. There is no God upon the face of the universe in the, in the escalation and chisms of time who's like him. There's only him who's like him. And let me just say it now. As a matter of fact, that is not Allah. Allah is the one existing God. This is totally different. He says, there's none beside me like Elohim. I will gird you though. You have not known me. Now let's jump to the New Testament. And let's see how Paul writes to this pastor Timothy about this. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5, he writes to Timothy and he says, For there is one God. And he uses the, the Greek word now, Theos. It's the same concept. There's one God. This Theos of the New Testament is the Elohim of the Old Testament. It's the same. This is why Paul comes and says there's one God, there's one Theos and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So we learn immediately uh, in the nature of God that he is a triune God. Um, and this tells us that God is the existing one and he was not created. He's this plural God, the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to come back to that again when we talk about the triunity of God, uh, triunity of God. So this is what we learn about him. And then we, we learn that there's none like him. So if you think about us as Christians, then we have a monotheistic religion. What, what does that mean? Mono means one theistic, it's one God. Well, that's the religion that we've got, a monotheistic. Whilst there is religions on the earth, which is a polytheistic, many gods. I've met a, a man once who said to me, you know, I preached to him the one God. 
uh, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, he accept Christ as one of the other gods that he served. That can't happen. Can't happen. You can only serve one God. We are a monotheistic religion. We serve, uh, we serve the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim. We serve Him. And it's important for us to understand that He's a monotheistic God and we serve Him. So, for instance, in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, Jesus spoke here. And listen to His words now when He speaks. He says, First of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So Jesus Himself in Mark goes back to Deuteronomy 60, that verse that I've opened up to you. And He gives that to the people. He uses the words, He says, The Lord our God is one. So He wants them to understand that we are, we are serving and worshipping Jehovah Elohim. One, And then he goes on to say in verse 13, he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And this is the first commandment. In other words, dear friend, we give ourselves to the one true God, Jehovah Elohim. That's the nature of God. Now, let's continue. What we learn about the nature of God is that He's one, but He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's none other like Him. That's His nature. We find a second part of His nature in John chapter 4, verse 24. When He speaks to this, this lady at the well, He says there in John 4, 24, God is spirit. Now think about this. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. What does it mean when he says that God is spirit? It means that he's not a physical being. You say, but wait a minute, Jesus Christ came and he lived in the form of a man. Yes. How was he before he came in the form of a man? He, God is spirit. He's, he's not a physical being like we are. He's not confined to a body. He took on the form of a body in Philippians chapter 2 talks about it. He took on, took on a form as a bond servant to do what? To come and die for us on the cross. We are preaching through Mark on Sundays and this is to teach us who Jesus is and why he came. Why did he take on this physical body? The second thing we learn about this when we know that he's a spirit now is that he was not created. He existed. We've already touched on that. So he existed. You say, but wait a minute. The Bible talks about when we read through the Bible, it talks about God's heart, His arm is not too short, His ears, His eyes, and all of these things. And how do you explain that? Well, it's really easy, because these are only figurative language that, that is used to explain to you and me, or to describe to you and me the functions of God. Listen, I, I want to tell you, our brains is just too small to comprehend the fullness of God. We just can't do it. We need, to, we need to understand God in our language, how we are. This is all. So uh, Jesus gave us a revelation of the Father, how the Father looks. So we say, know that God is spirit. But Jesus came. He took on the form of a body. And then he declared to us how the Father looks. 
Let, let's go to the Bible and I read for you now from John chapter 1 verse 14. He says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory. Whose glory? The Father's glory. God's glory. We saw God's glory in the body of Christ. No, look beyond the body. Uh, and we're going to see that in a minute. Look beyond the body. Look at Him. Look at who was living in the body. We behold His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For the first time we saw grace and truth like never before on the earth in the body of Christ. In uh, verse 18, he says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son of God, what did He do? Who was in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him to us. He came to show the Father to us. Again, not in the body. Because remember, God is spirit. And then if we go to John 14 verse 9, he says that Jesus said to him, and this is to Philip. He says to him, Philip came to me and said, show us the Father. What are you talking about, Jesus? And Jesus turned to him and he says, have you, have you, if I've been with you for so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? Known what? The body? No. The body is only a shadow. Have you not known haven't you learned about me to know me properly, Philip? This is my extra, you know, questions that I put in there. And then he says there in John 14 verse 9, he says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Wow. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? You say to me, but preacher... We can't see Jesus now. Where is He? Well, you can. He's in the Word. He's living. His Spirit is living, or the Holy Spirit is living in us. And we can still see Him. And through Him, we see the Father. By studying the Bible, we see the Father. And we learn about the Holy Spirit. And we learn more about Jesus. In John 14, verse 10, then He continues and He says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father? Now, Remember when we go back to the nature of God, Jehovah Elohim, the plural God. This is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here, Jesus says it out of his own mouth. He says, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. This is, this is for us as a, as a disciple, critical to know the nature of God. So God is one. He is uh, three in one. Um, and He is spirit. And He existed. He wasn't born or created. So that's the nature of God. Now let's touch on the uh, the triunity of God. The triunity of God. You, find, you won't find the word tri uh, trinity or triunity in the Bible. In English. You won't find it there. In fact, this word comes from Latin, and it, it comes from the word Trinitas. And Trinitas was the word, or it means threefold, and it was the word that they used in Latin when they translated from the Scriptures the Bible into Latin. That's the word that they've used, the word Trinitas. And we then, in English, uses the word Trinity, which means threefold. Um, so you won't find it in the Bible. But the Bible teaches that there is God the Father, there is God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But yet it is one God. And again, my dear friend, we can't explain it to our minds. 
I hear people talk about, you know, the egg. It's, it's like an egg, the, the yellow, the, the, you know, the yolk and then the, the skin or it's like an olive. You can't. That is, that is just falling so much short to explain God. But I know that one day when we're with him, we're going to behold his glory. And this will become so clear to us. We find one passage and we'll end on that today. We find one passage in the scripts in the New Testament that brings all three together. And this is in Matthew chapter 3 verse 13. It's also found in Luke and, uh, and, and, and in John. So listen to this. In Matthew 3.13 he says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John. So Jesus came. We know it's God with us. Emmanuel. We know that it is in Philippians that it's God who came took on the form of man. And this Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized. And John tried to prevent him first. He says, no, I'm not worthy to prevent you. And eventually Jesus allowed him to baptize him. Now see what happens. See what happens next. In verse 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came out immediately from the water. And behold, what happened? Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. He came out of the way, was baptized, and the heavens opened. The heavens opened. And as it opened, what he says, And I saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him. So there's the second part of the Godhead. What is that? God the Son, God the Holy Spirit now came down. And he came upon Jesus like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was like a dove. It's an explanation of how softly and gently he came down. And sat upon Jesus. And suddenly, the Bible says there in verse 12, a voice came from heaven. I can just imagine being there. Being there and experience all of this. There is Jesus. Heavens open up. How it must have looked, I don't know. Holy Spirit comes down and a voice comes from heaven. Whose voice was that? Well, the Bible says, he says, this voice says, this is my beloved son. So if it's a beloved son, whose voice was it? The voice of the father. There's the three, the Elohim, the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, this I, I understand this is a mystery to a lot of people. And it's still a mystery to us. We can't comprehend this with our natural minds. And this is why. If you can't comprehend it, we have to believe it. We have to believe it. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. That it says we walk by faith. And not by sight. And this is important. Some concepts of the Bible you have to take by faith. You can't, you know, people want to see, show me the proof. Well, the proof is right there. No, he didn't use the word Trinity there. But but he talks about, I was going to look for the scripture verse. But I, I believe you know what scripture verse I'm talking about. We walk by faith and not by sight. But the truth is right there in front of us. We see that the triune God operating on the day of baptism. But yet, we can't comprehend it. And we can't fully explain it. So we have to believe it. 
What is the definition for faith? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith is a substance of things not seen. A substance of things not seen. And we believe in that. So, my dear friend, this, I want to stop here and I want you to contemplate this whole week about those two things. The nature of God, which is one God, the Lord Jehovah Elohim. He made us, He made us into that chalem, into that, into that image, you know, like a shadow. And then also we saw that He is uh, the one God. We saw that God is spirit. And then also we saw now the triunity of God. So I'm looking forward to next week. Please, you will find the email address right through the study. Email me if you've got any questions or even if you want to add something to this. So may the Lord bless you. I'm going to pray and then we'll see each other again next week. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the study. Thank you, Lord, that we can learn more about you. Thank you, Father, that you are, you are God Almighty. You are the Lord God who is one. And Father, there is unity with you. And when we come into fellowship with you, we are in unity with Elohim. We thank you, Lord, that there is no enmity, enmity between us and you. But Jesus came to take that enmity away. And he reconciled us with you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.